From the Third Coast International Audio Festival and Chicago Public Radio, I'm Gwen Maxi, and this is ReSound. The term forbidden knowledge is a difficult term because it contains a contradiction. Daedalus and Icarus were trapped in a labyrinth on Crete. Uh, that, that wonderful word oxymoron. Daedalus wanted to escape with his son, and he had a brilliant idea. He collected feathers, bonded them with wax, and built wings for himself and his son. That is, if we know enough about anything to believe that it should be forbidden, we have already overcome some initial prohibition. In such a daring adventure, it's pretty clear what instructions Icarus gets from his father. Be careful. Uh, it's, a, it's a vicious circle. If Icarus were to fly too high, he'd get too close to the sun. We presume to know everything. If Icarus were to fly too low, he'd wet the feathers in the sea and they'd get too heavy. And we ourselves know that if we knew everything, we would no longer be human. Icarus is happy, deliriously so, as we can imagine, and he flies too high. Icarus plunges into the sea. His distraught father can only see a few feathers floating on the water, and he calls and calls for his son in vain. Icarus! ReSound is a remix of music, documentaries, found sound, and other tidbits and bites we find all over the world on the air and the internet. We listen, we sort, and we pick the best and bring it to you each week on ReSound. They say that curiosity killed the cat, right? Well, that is not the only thing that it's killed or maimed. It turned Lot's wife into a pillar of salt. It exposed the great and powerful Wizard of Oz as a simple man behind the curtain. And of course, it never did squat for Lois Lane. Yes, that driving human need to know can wreak havoc on a relationship. Just ask a private eye, paid by one spouse, to find out about the other. Actually, Australian producer Kyla Bredel already did. In her story, she follows a detective on his hunt for the truth between a husband and wife. Here's Affairs of the Mind. I mean, it's the truth, you know, and if you looked at divorce rates here compared with the UK, per head of population is probably no different. I wouldn't think so. No. Still reckon one in three marriages get divorced. One of the others is happy, and the other one just too, they're too gutless to get divorced, or they're in an unhappy relationship, so they just keep it going. Yeah. Yeah, not an easy thing, is it, marriage? No, we'll probably fix the whole world if we talk for long enough. Dear Tony, I just want to tell you how I am feeling about everything that has happened in the last few weeks. Where do I start? God only knows. The night you came into our bedroom and told me that you don't have the same feelings for me, I was devastated. And then he just walked into the room one night, Sunday night, I was actually in bed, it was about 10.30, and he said to me, Jody goes, um, I don't want to um, go on holidays anymore. And he goes, because I feel like that if I go, uh, I'm running away from my problems. And I go, yeah, and that is what, what problems do you have? And he goes, the problem between you and I, and I go, yeah, and well, so what problem's that? And he said, oh, he goes, I don't love you anymore as a wife. 
He goes, I only love you as a friend. That's what he said to me. And I felt like smacking him in the head. On the day we got married, never in a million years did I think that we would separate. I thought well, we would be together forever. I know that you are telling me that you need your space, but do you really want to find someone else? Do you want to sleep with other people and share your mind, body and soul with other women? Do you ever have any intentions of being married with me again? I need to know these answers. And what made you decide to go and get a private detective? Because I wanted to move on with my life because I didn't want to put my life on hold for somebody that was seeing someone else. Because, you know, I'm not going to waste my life, you know, waiting for someone. It's not worth waiting for. What, so you reckon most married guys would have an affair? I'm not saying they would have an affair. I think if I think if they had the opportunity to, if for instance they were working in a work environment and there was a girl working there and she seemed like she was available. There's, I don't think I could name many married guys that would say, no, I'm not interested. I know, I think it's just, maybe it's all to do with the male ego, who knows, who knows where it will, I'm not a psychologist, ask a psychologist. Get a psychologist to talk on your show. Say, why do men do it? And she'll say, because they're bastards. What is, is this something that, what, broadcast on radio, have you got a date or? Oh, he, he moves, doesn't he? He does. Oh. He gets that light with now. Hey, you've just tuned in to Affairs of the Mind. Steve Murray here, I'm a private detective have been for 15 years. You can have a taste of one of our marital assignments and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. We helped along with my trusty assistant Matthew who we're training at the moment and you might hear his dulcet tones in the background. It's called a fast car. He went through a red traffic light. I know how hard the intersection is to get off and he obviously realises it as well to get through the light so he's taken the red light option and uh, you can probably tell from my heart beating on the microphone there that um, we're going fairly fast after him too. We're at home. I'm just about to open the front door. As soon as you walk in, you see the lounge room. Uh, not much furniture because he took half of it. And then over to the left again, so you, it's like you're going in a U-shape. You've got the kitchen, got my new fridge, because he took the other one. Um, he bought me this magnet when we went to Northern Territory for our honeymoon. We're in Alice Springs. And um, it says, a wife is someone special. It says, when a wife is sweet and loving, when she's dear in every way, when she does a lot of nice things to brighten up a day, when she puts the joy and meaning in her lucky husband's life, there's no one in the whole wide world more special than a wife. And when he left, and I saw this on the fridge, and he took the fridge, and just grabbed it, and I just chucked it on the bench. So I won't be needing this for much longer. <laughs>
Oh yeah, back at the office. Okay, lady came and saw me the other day. She is uh, your typical ethnic type marriage, Italian husband. Um, where's she from? Probably Bosnia or somewhere. There's no children in the marriage. Been married for four and a half years. They've been together for 11 years. She's absolutely gorgeous. She's a, a personal assistant. And as far as I can make out, she was a virgin when she first met him. Sugars. I really have two and a half, but I have two because it makes me look really bad. <laughs> Sweet tooth. Do you have milk? And do you know what, when he went and told his family that we're separating, do you know what his father said? His father goes, if you leave her, never go back. His father said that because it make him look like a wuss if he did come back to me, that's why. And his mum said to me, you know, she goes, you know, what are you doing to push my son away? You know, this must be all your fault. What are you saying to him? What are you doing to him? You know, and when I said to her, look, I can't do anything to stop him from going, she goes, yes, you can, Jade. It's all up to you. The woman's the one in, in the family that keeps the marriage together. See, they, they, they think it's all my fault and I'm responsible for all this. When he, when he actually finally left, his parents come and his family comes to my house that morning and start taking out half the furniture, and I didn't even know. They just storm in the house, start ripping things apart and unscrewing things, putting them in the car and stuff like that. And not only that, but when they were in my house, they were speaking their own language just so I couldn't understand what they were saying. They were speaking their own language just so I couldn't understand what they were saying. Last Thursday, I think it was, she came into the office, um, said that she was getting a little bit suspicious of her husband. He decided he wants his space, reckons he's going through a midlife crisis, which isn't bad at 28 years old. And this is something a lot of men do. They find another woman, they find a little girl on the side or something gorgeous, and they think, well, I'd rather be with her than the one that he's already got. And, um, and the icing on the cake was that she found a telephone bill belonging to a particular girl and the phone bill indicated that this particular girl, who is Miss Somebody, had rung him seven or eight times every day for the last three or four weeks. Now, he had the phone bill on him, and that's now been proved that he has paid the bill. He paid the bill last week. And she wants to know what the relationship is uh, between her husband, now separated, and this um, lady of a different ethnic persuasion. Um, she probably was a little bit lost. She doesn't know where to go, needs a hand. She looks, looks at herself and says, is it me? Am I too fat? Am I too thin? Do I moan too much? And she doesn't really know what the problem is because she doesn't know if he's run off with another woman or not. So once she realises, is there another woman involved, then that might make her think that there's nothing wrong with her. It's more to do with him. So I'm planning on going down, getting the lay of the land, having a bit of squizzy about what's going on in the area and um, getting a bit of a feel for the job. Women need to know, women want to know what the other woman looks like. But the amount of women that have come in and said, look, this is a job, this is what I want to do, I want some video of this.
you know, or I want, I want some photo, I want to know what my rivals look like. Is she something that she isn't? Also, and I, I've used the term women, but it's blokes as well, they also wonder if they're imagining stuff. You know, are they going a bit loopy? I mean, I've known women that have been sent off to have therapy because they think that their husband's playing around. The husband says, no, don't be stupid, my darling. I wouldn't do that behind your back. You're imagining things. Why don't you get some help? They spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars on therapy. Well, in actual fact, he is playing around and they were right the first time. Um, so then they, we get work from psychologists that say to their people, look, go and get your problem sorted out and come back to me once Steve's found out exactly what the problem is, we'll fix it for you. Sort of like, I'm the, I'm the, mor the morals police. <laughs> That's me, the morals police. And it does, I mean, it's like being, like being a doctor, you give somebody the right tablet, makes them better, makes you feel good. Okay, we've arrived in the salubrious suburb of North Dandenong. Home oh, of it's a very working class, couple of houses for sale, pouring down with rain. And I'm looking for the house that's got the units, and I'm pretty sure that's the one there. It's going to quietly cruise past. So there's a, a car in the, in the driveway, and there's a Rego. I'll take that, thank you. And I'm tipping that she's probably a student, probably from Sri Lanka and there might be more than one person living in the house because of the way the vehicle's parked, it's parked well up the driveway and there's enough room for another vehicle from the end of her vehicle up to the end of the driveway where it meets the pavement. So a clever little observation by the whole idea about getting a feel for it. Who's rooting who and who's paying the rent? And here we are, sitting in the rain, watching the world go by. An ordinary run-of-the-mill investigator would mostly work daytimes, but I'm not run-of-the-mill investigator. I get a lot of this private stuff, and uh, I don't mind sacrificing the evenings. It, um, I quite like sneaking around in the dark. How does your wife feel about you? Well, she's got a photograph of me, which doesn't take anything to feed the photograph. Um, I know she's quite, she's okay about it, but I mean, she actually works quite long hours herself as well. Of course, the reason he's been discovered is because he left a piece of paper lying around. Yeah. One innocuous phone bill yeah. lying around, and now the well, ship's hit the fan. And he was moving out as well, don't yeah. forget that. He well, was moving out. I was going to say that earlier, really, if, if it wasn't for those uh, well, he's also telephone bills, you'd be kind of clutching at straws to an extent. I went into uh, his study one morning when he was in the shower because that's when I started collecting evidence I was suspicious and stuff just to prepare myself for a case because I thought in case this gets dirty I want to be able to have all the facts and information and while I was going through this envelope which is on his desk I found this mobile phone bill and it had this lady's name on it I'm thinking who the hell is this? I'm thinking what the hell is she doing calling him? I was in shock I was holding this um, mobile phone bill in my hand and my hand started shaking and I'm thinking, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I was just for a split second, I thought to myself, I'll confront him when he gets out of the shower and say, what the hell are you doing with this bill? But then I thought, nah, I'm just going to play stupid, you know, play dumb. And that's what I did. And then that night when I got home, I think it was that night, he went out to the gym 
and I quickly grabbed everything that I can find. I photocopied everything, I raced back home, I put everything back exactly where it was and, uh, and I rang up my girlfriend and I said, can I leave this at your house? And I opened the door to leave and he was walking in the door and I had this yellow envelope in my hand thinking, oh my God. And I go, hi darling, bye darling, and I walked out the door. I was freaking bad. Direct Detective Agency can help you. Done. Coffee's on. It's Tuesday morning after Monday night. Um, we're trying to find out who lives at a particular property, so I'll be ringing up the local council. I'll be... Welcome to the City of Greater Dandenong, Mrs Renee. Oh, hello, Renee. What a lovely name you've got. Um, could you put me through the rates department, please? So this is your little um, box of boxes, secrets. yeah, secrets. That's right. Just bits and pieces. I've just been collecting and sort of throwing in here. I've got cards like from a solicitor that I saw, the other detective agency I saw before I decided to go with Steve. Steve's card, and okay, I don't keep great. that type of stuff um, in my wallet. Well, they've given me the owner of the property, and I'm now going to find out if they're listed, if they're on the phone. I can put an address in the computer and it'll tell me the phone number's listed to that address. So how about that for a trick? And this is a little note that I scribbled down. He had tickets to the Olympic soccer that he was given at work for free. And uh, when I was snooping around, I found them in his backpack. And I just wrote down all the information in case I wanted to sort of do a bit of spy on myself. But I didn't in the end. So now I've got the phone number. Tell them I'm looking for somebody. Exotic. Yes, hi, I wonder if you'd help me. My name's Steve Murray. Uh, I'm trying to locate somebody that might live at a property that you own in... Um, who's the... Who do you use to rent the property? Have you got an estate agent? Yeah, they owe me some money. They owe me some money, yeah. I just... As soon as I said they owed me money, he started being my best mate. <laughs> he wanted to help me out. He's obviously been owed money okay. by people before. Now, he's okay. also claiming that these people might be from Fiji. And, of course, we all know that... And, um... And this is um, from the Australian Diamond Company. This is details about my eternity ring that I was supposed to get five years ago. That's not going to happen, is it? So I just sort of like chucked it in the box with the rest of the stuff. What is an eternity ring? Like you have your engagement ring and your wedding ring. Yeah, it's a ring for eternity. And, and you can put that like there, right, right next to your engagement ring. Or you can have it on a separate hand and it can be a completely different style. Um, but I was thinking about getting something like my engagement. Good morning, Frank Hollihan, Real Estate, Jackie. Hello, Jackie. Can you put me through to rentals, please? Oh, good on you, Jackie. It's Steve Murray calling. Okay, so uh, Jackie's gone off to check for me. She would only confirm the surname of the people that live in there. A bit more information would be nice. I've pushed her a little bit harder. And, of course, what I've done, I've... Um, I've given a reference point. I said I've spoken to the owner, so they've obviously known that I've made quite a few inquiries, so it's not as if I'm just ringing up cold, calling out the blue, like a debt collector or a repossession agent. And they certainly wouldn't consider that it might be an investigator. But um, I wouldn't like people giving out my, de my personal details, so why would I expect everyone else to, even if it's done under some flimsy pretext? And I sort of keep it in the wardrobe, but I have to move it. 
Um, yeah, I just put it up in here because I didn't think that I was going to see him again. So I thought, yeah, I'll put it up here. You'll be safe. I really so. appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay, bye-bye. Love your work. So I've spent probably an hour and a quarter altogether um, trying to get to the bottom of it. And what we have established is that the vehicle doesn't come up to them. I've clarified that our lady is on the phone listing. And she's down as being the person that lives there on the latest lease. But it'll be interesting to see where we go from here. And again, of course, the interesting thing is where the link is between my Italian 28-year-old midlife crisis man goes to a gym and a Fijian lady that looks like she's got a little baby and a husband. And I think the only way of getting more of a feel for it is to maybe go and knock on the door, tell them I'm from Horrigan's Real Estate... I'm just making sure that everything's okay. Are your taps working all right? Oh, some little white lie that might allow me to find out who they are, how many people live there. Oh, and what do you do? Are oh, you a student, are you? And then I'll wave goodbye. In fact, I just thought that one up, so I might do that. <laughs> cheeky, aren't I? <laughs> how cheeky. <laughs> just give me your address and we can all piss off. <laughs> That's all we're after. No aggro, yeah. right? No one wants to kick your head in. Just give us your address. Well, not yet, they don't. <laughs> yeah, maybe the bloke we give this to yeah. might want to. Might one day, yeah. That's one of the worries, you see. Yeah. Would there, if there came a time, Steve, just since we're on a subject, where you thought that actually someone's safety and well-being might be put in jeopardy as a result of you passing on said information. You know, yeah, it's fairly innocuous. You don't know who you're doing the job for. They seem fair income when they walk in. Um, but then you don't know if they're going to turn. You don't know how they're going to use the information. That's why you have to be absolutely correct and legal in the things you do. I mean, even the job that we've, we've talked about already, um, this Sri Lankan lady phone number Italian husband property thing, um, even that in itself looks fairly innocuous to me but how do I know that the girl that I'm doing a job for doesn't have a hitman brother and as soon as he finds out that his brother-in-law has been sleeping around behind his sister's back he's not going to go and kill his brother-in-law I mean you just don't know I think we've arrived that bloke's thinking, why is that girl holding that microphone there? Anyway, give him something to think about. He probably thinks I'm famous. Anyway, let's go in and... Uh, I'm just going to tell him I'm thinking about buying a property and um, could I be put on their mailing list? I'd like a business card of their uh, the proprietor. I think I'll be the proprietor today. Back soon. Miss you. Okay, went in there, told them I've just moved into the area, or I don't look like I've just moved into the area, I look like I should be leaving the area, uh, and I'm thinking on buying a number of investment properties in the area, and um, I got a business, I said, can I have a business card of somebody that might be able to help me in relation to buying properties? And she said, yep, okay, I'll give you a business card of our main person. So they did. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to be able to put myself over as being Cheryl Quinn, though, so I said, have you got, have you got a card for a bloke? 
She said, well, don't you like ladies? I said, I like ladies, don't you worry about that. Um, she said, no, she handles all of our investment properties. So, best laid plans of mice and men. Oh, drug deal, beautiful. So the old mine's working again. I think I'll be just putting a line through this and putting my name there. I mean, would I pretend to be a woman? Steve Murray becomes Steve Miller. Only for a short time. And I don't really intend leaving this business card behind anyway. La la la. Where's my camera when I need it? Oh, God, a smile. Um, hmm. Now I've got to follow the pretext through. I've now bumped into the lady. Um, so anyway, I'm just going to go and find out who is. She's going to give me a little list of uh, things that are going wrong here. Okay, I'm back. All in one piece, wasn't too bad. And she said, you're new, aren't you? I haven't oh, seen you before. Agents. And no doubt at some stage she's going to ring them up and say, why hasn't that lovely man in the goatee beard and the orange tie been back to see me? He was extremely handsome and very debonair. And I just wish he'd come around and see me more often. I've probably got two or three weeks grace up my sleeve before she starts looking for the mystery man. Look, earlier ideas you have about uh, stereotyping people, Sri Lankan students, TAFE colleges, 15 in the family, they're all generalisations, but you can't really beat um, facts and that's what investigating is all about. The facts are she's attractive, she speaks good English, she's got a job. So, pos ID done. And my client will be stoked when I tell her that I've spoken to the woman. She will be ecstatic. And she'll go, oh, how did you do that? How did you do that? And I'll tell her. So, as I've told you. You called me at work on my mobile. Hey, Jade, Steve Murray, how are you? I was actually at work and it was at the end of the day. It was about, I don't know, five or quarter to five or something. Good. Can you talk at the moment? And I was saying, okay, I go, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Well, can you listen at the moment? Because I had to sort of move away from my desk and, and, and go out into the foyer. Okay. Uh, have you got a work number for your husband? And I said yes. Okay. Would it be... And he told me, he repeated Tony's work number to me. Guess, guess who your husband works with? And he goes, that's the work number that she gave me. They work together. Yeah. No, I never joke about work. So that's where the link is. Well, personally, I think the writing's on the wall. Tony pays for a girl he works with's phone. And, they, and all she does is use it to phone him. So, um, the thick plottings, as they say in the classics... Now, he could just be a platonic friend. If it was a platonic friend, why would he want to move out of his, from his wife's house all of a sudden? Why would they want to break up an 11-year relationship? Um, it's all very messy. Maybe he thinks that he wants to become involved with the not-too-ungorgeous uh, Natasha. I, 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 I was just trying to breathe. <laughs> don't faint. Don't faint whatever you do. I just couldn't believe it. You're speechless for the first time ever. I just thought to myself, I can't take any more. You know, I can't take one more thing about him, about our relationship, about her. And I was at a stage that I felt like I was going, I was going overboard.
Well, it's just because you're in shock a little bit. Once you, once it absorbs a little bit and you get a chance to think about it more clearly, you'll be able to think about what you want to do from here. But I'll probably like. Oh, so that's Jed. Jed's in shock. In fact, the words were, "If you could feel my heart, John, my heart is thumping." Well, she was talking to me, so woman's only human, I suppose. Kidding. No, she's very excited, um, and so am I. It's good. I feel good. Do 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 do. Na 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 na. I feel good. I think it could. I think it would be a good. You'd be in a good position to take advantage of someone's vulnerability. I remember a bloke, a mate of mine, used to be a tow truck driver. And he used to help these women out and changing their tyres and fixing their cars, and I'm very thankful. Very thankful. I'll make sure that I've got some uh, a spare battery, which I have. I'll make sure I've got some film in my camera, because cameras work exactly the same way with or without film. You could be clicking away without filming, you wouldn't know. Mm. So now she's full up, ready to go. Sorry, Pete. I'm excited. Are you excited, Matt? Flat out. Can't wait. So this is the first surveillance that Matt would have actually been on, other than some uh, roles that we did at, in college. Uh, this is actually, you're going to see your first subby. Yeah. Or maybe not, if we don't see him, but <laughs> yeah. the very first one. And you never, ever forget this first job. Yeah. Probably bring back a, too far a distant memory for me, unfortunately, having done this for 15 years now. Right now, we're in the ballpark. We're here. We're, the, we're in sight. So if I'm just going to do a bit of a U-turn. If he, by chance, uh, left, we'd see him leave. Uh, no sign of the vehicle I'm looking for right now, but we're going to go... Uh, we're going to go the correct way, because that's what I'm with. I'm just going to check out that car up the top there. And if that's him, you're going to think I'm very clever, by the way. <laughs> that is the right type of vehicle, too. How, how good am I? Can somebody bald, please tell me how good I am? And a bald head. Can somebody please tell me how good I am? Yeah, Anyone play, here? Anyone? Play, you yeah. Ed, thank you. <laughs> that's a talent. That is, that's no <laughs> how good was And that? that's a pair of them. I know it is. You want this teed up, Steve? Are getting excited. Um, yeah, I want the uh, the handicap. Yep. Oh, Again, uh, the kissing. I can see two people stuck together. They're eating each other. <laughs> One of the sad things is I know my client's going to be devastated. That's what upsets me a little bit too. Mm. She's going to be, you know, she's a lovely bird. She's mm. got, a, you know. If you like a scumbag husband, it's snogging some bird on her. Yeah, you're not the provider of great news. No, right? not really. But there you go. Better for these people to find out, though, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, that's what she's paying it for. Right. Now, they're just about this to one? leave. One in the back, yes, David. The red one, yeah. I love my job. So, on a scale of 1 to 10, Steve, for what you would have wanted to come down and maybe snag yourself and whatever else, how would you rate that? Um, oh. Oh, look, that's, a, that's an 8, you know what I mean? Yeah. If I'd gotten, you know, with the seats lying down in the car, it would have been a 10, I think. But yeah. No, that's good. That's, that's, a, that's taught me a lot about 
for the length of time it took you as well oh, to get what you got. That's, yeah. well, that's a right result. No, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You can sit around for hours wait for a result like that. Oh. I mean, the one time in 15 years we got two people actually rooting was when it was the middle of summer and they went off on a boat and got onto a little island and had a route on a little island down by the river somewhere. Yeah. And that's just a, a fl well, it wasn't a fluke because we followed them quite a number of times. But you can't expect, can't possibly expect something like that in this case, I don't think. Yeah. If only it could happen like that all the time, I suppose. Well, put yourself in the position of the client. What, did the, what, what, was, the, what was the scope of my task? I want to get film of them together. Well, basically, she wanted to know what's going on. Will you tell me if she, if she knows now? Of course she knows. I love that bird. I love that bird. Here we are, back at the office. I'm back, darling. Doesn't work at home either. <laughs> it's still a response to the one I get at home. <laughs> so what are you doing? <coughs> the client's coming in in about 10 minutes. So I'm having a shave so I look respectable. She's gonna be a bit traumatized. I'm gonna obviously console her, doctor-patient relationship sort of thing. I mean, the last thing I'm worried about right now is the, the money and the bill and the report. I'm more concerned about the way my client's feeling right now. I have to do my That's her. So don't you go out with that stuff on. This works though. Unless it's mad. Find out. When I got there and I sat down and watched it, I just saw red. I was so angry. I just saw red and I just wanted to punch his lights out. And he's been taking control of the situation these last six weeks, but now that I know the truth, I'm taking control of the situation now. I'm gonna steer this the way I wanna steer it, and I'm the one that's gonna go up to him in the next couple of weeks and say, no, it's over, because I say it's over, not when you say whether or not it's over, and, uh, and that's my decision. This place looks okay. It's pretty neat. Um, again, it's off a main road, which I don't mind that much. I mean, I suppose if the unit's going to be at the back, you don't sort of get to hear um, all the noise of the traffic and all that type of stuff. Yeah, it looks okay. It's a main bedroom. It's oh, quite a good nice. size, and you've got all the other yeah. heaps of wardrobes, which we're yeah. really going to miss. Yeah, yeah, it's quite a nice house. A I like it. Um, yeah. It's quite cosy. I don't want anything too big. Yeah, I think it's quite good. It's quite good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my husband actually left me, so I, I'm here looking for a place. Did I tell you uh, about my plan, what I've no. come up with? I'll tell you about my plan. <laughs> I've been thinking about this since Monday, since I saw the one get in contact with my solicitor and say to him, I want you to send a letter to Tony. And in this envelope, it will contain one letter that says she wants to you know, divorce as soon as possible. And the second letter that will be in this envelope is saying that she wants to um, sell both of our properties uh, and organise a cash settlement ASAP. Uh, it's going to be courier to his work and he's going to get the shock of his life. 
He's going to come back running home. He's going to open the front door and I'm not going to be there. The whole house is going to be empty. I'm not going to be there at all. And I'm going to walk away. And I'm going to have a massive party. <laughs> he, he, he was in that car hugging someone else, wanting to be with another woman, spending time with another woman, sharing his emotions and feelings with someone else rather than me. I'm not protecting him anymore and I'm going to expose him. I'm going to expose the truth. And he'll go out and he'll make all these accusations about me, but I really don't care. Because I've got nothing to lose. I've already lost him. I've got to put my sunglasses on if I'm going to talk on radio. An affair of the mind, yep, an intellectual affair. Um, oh, a friend of mine that I actually met on the internet. I speak to her on the phone every now and again. And um, she's English and she's a migrant and we had a little bit in common, so anyway, I became quite good friends with her over the internet in the chat rooms. And um, she lives in Perth. And she has an insanely jealous husband and unfortunately, I sent her a little message this morning asking her how her orchids were growing, because I grow orchids. And for some reason today, he was up early enough to grab the message, and he's just gone burko. So I've got this mad husband chasing me now, but luckily there's 6,000 miles between us, or how many miles it was anyway. Not enough as far as I'm concerned. And she's a bit stressed. Oh, she's stressed because uh, just over a silly little message, and doesn't really want to tell him that she's got this friend that she confides in and is friends with and you know and is having an affair of the mind with and because then he'll say well why can't you talk to me the way you talk to this guy and why do you talk about certain things with him that you can't talk about with me and she basically just doesn't want to justify herself. We're heading down the Monash freeway towards Dandenong. The client's seen the film and the client would now like some more information. Something juicier she said, quote unquote, because the little kiss and the hug, although it's fairly damning, um, she would like something that's totally unrefutable. She said, I don't care what it costs, quote unquote, so I'll go down and do a lunchtime today. Ready. Sorry, Connor, just mind your hair for one second. You okay there? Yeah. In a minute, I'll be hanging by my pubic hair just to get this film taken. One of my concerns is that, if you pardon that gorgeous expression, a vehicle's coming up around this corner, and I'll be sweating like a dog too. So I'm thinking, what is that bloke doing in the car? In actual fact, all I'm doing is reading my mailway. This is some shit I can't afford to do. The client asked me, when we said we'd got film yesterday, before she'd seen it, she said, were they in the back seat or the front seat? <sighs> Must be a bit of a back seat man, that bloke. What are we seeing now? Uh, they're fairly close. He's leaning over towards talking to her. She's leaning back a little. Okay. He's kissing her on the neck. And a bit of a tease down in that favourite little spot that she's actually working quite hard on his uh, efforts today. I think he might be feeling a bit frisky. I think he thinks he's one of these Italian stallions that he thinks if he kisses a girl's neck, he'll get sex off her. Okay. Doesn't always work that way in my experience. Don't seem to want to be doing the tunnel yet, though. That's a spot he seems to be attacking all the time. He certainly seems to be doing all the time. Oh, well, it's 1.33. She obviously only had half hour lunch. They didn't waste any time going at all. He's still alive there. Oops. I, I still don't reckon he's been there, for want of a better word. 
I don't think they're in the sex stage at the moment. She's being um, pursued, I think. That's what I reckon. I, I have to think about it, but right now I'm thinking maybe we should leave it for a week. Come back in a week's time and see if it's progressed. Problem is, of course, if it ends in a week's time and she ends up, he tries so hard it doesn't get him anywhere, then um, he might turn around and say, well, buggy you then, I'll, I won't do it, I'll go back to my wife. Now, obviously, my, the client doesn't want that. The client wants the juice. It's uh, Monday night, about 5.30, we're at Cafe Greco, having a few beers. And uh, after that, we're going down to Steve's place. And uh, we're going to have a look at um, the video that they took today with Tony and uh, his new mistress. Cheers. Our beers have arrived. Cheers. Feeling very in control. I feel really good about myself. And even though I've only been single for a couple of weeks, I really love it. <laughs> You coming to this decision, I mean, how much do you reckon is it the evidence that you've got from Steve? Or how much is it, you know, you've gone through that process of accepting what you already kind of knew? The reason why I came to um, my decision is because Steve confirmed what, what I already felt. And I needed that confirmation. And yeah, and I've got that because of Steve. Okay, you know, I suspected it, but I didn't know. I don't want to jump into something and accuse someone of something that they didn't do when I don't have proof. I've got that proof now. Ladies, is everything okay here? Yeah, we're fine, thanks. Sensational. That'll be 980 now. Speak Hi. or forever hold your peace. How are you? We're being taped, are we? <laughs> Hello, Kyla. Hello, Jed. How are you going? Hi. So we're coming to see the film, but I'm going to find it. No, we're here. That's okay. I'll mix it up with some other tapes. Broadcast quality. And that's it. Looks like he's a bit bored today. Yeah, he doesn't seem to want to. Oh, maybe embarrass himself. But it's interesting to see how they've been progressing. Mm. You know, week by week. He must be so tired. I showed my brother the video on the weekend. Oh, did you? Did you bash him yet? No, not yet. But he saw him on Saturday night. Did he? Mm. And he just ignored him. Oh. Yeah. And, you know, Mick said he could have had everything. He did have everything. So now he's blown it. Yep. Well That's and truly. Sure. Well and truly. So you don't um, think you're going to tell him over the phone first? Oh, no, 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 no. I just want to see the reaction on his face. So do I. <laughs> I think he'll be pretty pissed off, majorly, that, that I found out. Because his little secret rendezvous is going to be open to everybody. Mm. I want to tell his family. So he's, so he's obviously going to deny it, isn't he? He's yeah, he's going to deny it. But family. then when, when his family know that I go around and tell people, you know, Tony left me for somebody else, that's a story. But not wanting to protect him in any way, but has he left you for somebody else? Yeah, he has. Has he left you for her? Yeah, he has. As far as you're concerned, yeah, he has. Yeah, he has. Yeah. A male perspective of that would be also, I haven't done anything wrong. I haven't slept with anyone else since I left Jeff. I've been talking to a friend of mine in the car and consoling her about this and consoling her about. I mean, you just imagine I mean, the backtracking he's going to do. Oh, no, I agree. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not protecting him. He doesn't, he doesn't need to explain himself. Mm. I, I already know what's going on. He doesn't need to explain himself to me, and I don't want to hear his explanations. Now I've got 46 and a half minutes of philandering. Gosh. 
That's enough. <laughs> so how much? <laughs> it costs you about $180 to do each lunchtime period, so $935. Well, you just let me know yeah, if yeah. you need any yeah. more. Okay. Yeah. I think you're being very strong, the fact that you're willing to and not give him another chance. I mean, no, I'm not. It says something for you more than, more no. than him. I mean, obviously, he looks like the low-life scumbag, but you also seem to be making a stand as well, which I think is admirable. You're yeah. doing a great job. Thanks. I hope you're going to be staying very strong. Oh, yeah. You know one other thing I didn't tell you. Oh, here we go. <laughs> when he left, we split up our bank accounts. Oh, right. And um, I took an extra $2,000, and you want to know perfect. about it. So next time I so see Tony you have a new baby. pair of shoes, new so, pants, nice jacket. So Tony baby thinks you're paying for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alright, see you guys. Okay. See you later. Give me a call Bye. Okay. I will. See you. Bye. Hi, how are you going? Sarah couldn't call you last night. I didn't get home till midnight. She had called me this morning. In fact, she called me a quarter past twelve last night. So it was in the AM this morning. Uh, left a message on the mobile that she had seen him. He had gone round to see her, wanted to discuss things. At, um, at 8 o'clock, he was there right on the dot, and I was all dressed up, and I was looking really sexy. <laughs> and anyway, and then um, we went for a drive. We went down to the beach. We were just talking and everything. He was saying how um, he doesn't need his space anymore. Um, his life has been so empty without me. He wants to have children with me. But I could probably have to argue that he's probably going to chase somebody else another time anyway. And Jad will never be able to trust him anyway. She'll never forget it. So she might as well get rid of him now. And I said, Tony, I go, are you sure that you're not seeing anybody? And he goes, yes. He goes, I'm 100% sure. He goes, I haven't even gone out with anybody. I go, and you promise, you, you swear to God that that's the truth. And he goes, yeah, he goes, I promise. And um, she basically blurted out to him that he, she knew about the affair he's having. And I said, I know. Take your thanks, somebody else. <laughs> he said, no, no, I'm not, no, I'm not, and he denied it. And then, ended when she said, well, I know, I know who it is, and I know what it's all about. And he goes, how do you know? And I said, because I've seen it with my own eyes. I just said that. Uh, he said, all right, look, I'll tell you all about it, and then, then went on to tell her something she didn't even know. Then he told me the whole truth. He told me how, um, had actually went to a nightclub together, and, and they were doing everything in a nightclub, and then they went back to her place, but he didn't get out of the car. And reckons and that he got outside her place and said, no, I don't want to come in. I don't want to have sex with you, allegedly. What do you reckon about that? Uh, well, there's only two people that know if it's true or not. Maybe he did back out. Maybe she didn't invite him in. Maybe it was oh, just a tease. Maybe she's just a teaser. So he reckons he didn't. And that sort of backs up what I might have already suspected. I'm thinking to myself, man, I didn't even know that you went to a nightclub together. <laughs> And I said, yeah, I said, see, I go, you go, I go, see, I said, I'll find everything out. I said, you can't hide anything from me. I go, you need to be truthful to me and stuff. And she must have felt quite superior and quite powerful and said, everything you've done I know about. I mean, it's a, a great position of power. And I said to him, I go, I told you that when we separate, if you see someone or you go out with somebody, it's over. But no, you still have to go out and do it. And I go, that's it. I go, it's finished. We're over. And you should have seen the look on his face whole world came crashing down around him and I said to him I go I go how can you live with yourself I go if I was you I said I'll go and shoot myself in the head how can you live with yourself and she's sort of waving it around like a bit of a tool at the moment I think she's been a little bit unfair on him he was bawling his eyes out and I said to him I go you have no idea 
how good you had it with me. You had no idea. And I said, you'll never, ever, ever find someone like me again. And I was just crying and crying and crying and everything. I go, by the way, I don't think she's attractive anyway. I mean, so I think she's, <laughs> she's milking it for everything, she's, for everything she can. She's milking every little drop out of it. And she said, well, if you've got any chance of getting back with me, You've got to tell her you don't want to speak to her again because of me. I said, OK, you've got to get rid of her. You know, I, go, I don't want you near her again. I go, and if I find out that you're talking to her afterwards after you tell her it's finished or whatever, OK, that's it. But now she's said that to him and he has acted upon what she said. Now she's got to deliver. Maybe mm. she's already made her mind up that she, she won't give him a chance but she just wants to see him grovel and also wants to see the little relationship he had with this other woman ruined. And I think she either is playing a very serious game or she actually does intend taking him back. <laughs> he was all over me, right? Like, oh, my God, he was all over me. And, um, yeah, and it was just basically begging for my forgiveness and, and stuff like that and saying, I know that I'm such a fool and this and that. Basically telling me what I wanted to hear. What do you reckon? Do you reckon she'll take him back? I've got a feeling she will. I've got a feeling she will. I hope she is just playing with him and wants to make him feel bad. Because then it might teach him a lesson. But not that but I still don't think she should take him back. That's a, maybe that's a question you should be asking her if she's willing to tell you the answer. And Steve goes to me, goes, you're not going to go back to him, are you? And I go, no, 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 I won't, I won't. But between you and I, I really don't know. Yeah, so we were sitting in the car and stuff like that. And then uh, he started passion on <laughs> One thing led into another. <laughs> oh, you didn't get into the back seat, did you? <laughs> we got into the back seat. <laughs> we got into the back seat. <laughs> and we really went for it. <laughs> I mean, I quite like her, but I don't think... I don't think he deserves her. I don't think she deserves somebody like that in her life. Far too genuine. Too nice, too pretty, too sweet, too everything. And I just think she's wasting her time with a guy like that. I think the Italian Stalin would probably do exactly the same again. Steve doesn't want me going back to him. Yeah. <laughs> That's only because he wants me for himself. <laughs> All right, I'll speak to you soon, Kyla. See you. Bye. Affairs of the Mind was produced by Kyla Brettel of the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Kyla won a 2002 Third Coast Festival Best New Artist Award for the story. Since then, Kyla has continued to work in sound, producing documentaries and features for various programs at ABC Radio National and other programs worldwide. Her work is notable for its intimacy and its vivid sound. Next up, we're going to hear one more piece from her. To find a link to Kyla's website, visit thirdcoastfestival.org. For me, the basic musical experience is the absence of music. Let me uh, clarify that statement. I mean to say that wherever anyone is, if he simply listens to ambient sounds, disorganized as they are in his environment, this experience of sound is for me the basic music, which I simply interrupt when I put sounds into it.
constant that. You're listening to ReSound from the Third Coast Festival and Chicago Public Radio. I'm Gwen Maxi. We're curious. What say you about the story you just heard? Send all comments, questions, rants, and raves to ReSound at thirdcoastfestival.org. So there's a famous story about the composer John Cage visiting a perfectly soundproofed room, isolated totally from outside noise. When Cage entered the room, he expected to hear complete silence, but instead he heard two sounds, one high-pitched and one low. He left the room, asked the engineer in charge about the sounds, and found out, much to his amazement, that the high note was the sound of his nervous system in operation, and the low note was the sound of his blood in circulation. Now imagine that that experience was amplified and that you could hear the sound of every movement in your body, your eyelids opening and closing, your lungs whooshing full of air and then deflating, your heart thudding as loud as a drum. That's what life is like for Rick Teruli, who suffers from canal dehiscence syndrome, a condition that affects the inner ear. Kyla Brettel imagines what it's like to be inside Rick's head in The Trouble with Rick. I had this feeling that there was something inside me that wasn't quite right. The, the idea of having this thing that you knew that there was something inside you wasn't right. Not knowing what it was, there's something going wrong in there. It's just not right. There's something not right in there. I need to know what it is. It's like when something's broken, you've got to fix it, you know? Sometimes lying in bed at night when it's really, really quiet, you just felt like you could hear things that other people probably couldn't hear. My doctor referred to me as having super hearing. If for whatever reason my pulse was racing, the left side of your ear pounding with your pulse, it felt like it was actually lifting your head off the pillow. It was that intense. probably more of a curse than anything because every little thing you heard outside you're quickly rushing out turning all the lights on and, and checking the fences and you know the the house perimeters because you thought you might have been a burglar around. More often than not I'm sure it was a possum or a cat or something stirring around somewhere. I tried cotton wool in the ear but that just made me more conscious of the sound coming from inside my body. Creaky joints or eyeball movement, blinking your eyelids, you could actually feel the scraping of your eyelids as they come down. Even just that gentle movement of an eyelid, you can actually feel it just as much as hear it. You present to doctors with symptoms like that and it would make anyone scratch their head, especially when you're dealing with a condition that at that stage no one had actually diagnosed. restaurant, especially if it's a noisy restaurant, you just have this sensation of 
just sounds coming all over from, from everywhere. You can hear every plate and full clanging. There might have been 20 conversations going into the restaurant that you could hear every one of them, you know? Uh, it was almost like a cackle, I suppose, is the only word I could come up with that describes it. You might have been around a table of 10 people, but you felt like you were the only one there because you could see everyone else sort of getting on with things and you were sort of like... It can make you very, very anxious. Maybe because I singled myself out, but it's like claustrophobia. You just got You just couldn't really concentrate. Just get out, you know, like someone sort of locks you in a little room you just want to break out. That's how it sort of feels. You wake up with it every day and you go to bed with it every night. You know, inside you, you know, something's not right, something's not right. And I think that's, that's what it is that sort of eats you up inside. I think that's what wears, wears you down to the point where, you know, a scary surgery like the one I had doesn't seem all that bad anymore. I'm Kylie, I'm one of the nurses. Big breath in for us. And out. And again. It took about three years before they diagnosed my condition as superior canal dehiscence. In layman's terms, it means that there's a loss of pressure in your ear due to the fact that you have a hole or a crack in the middle fossa region of your skull, which lies over your inner ear. Uh, they actually form a full craniotomy, whereby they cut the side of your head open, drill a hole in your skull, make their way to the hole uh, by not so much tunnelling, but you know, manoeuvring their way under the brain till they get to where the hole is and um, basically puttying it up, yeah. We need to get some sedation going. He's, he's having a bit of a munch now. Sorry, sir. I suppose I, I have got what you'd call normal hearing now, but I mean, I couldn't really tell you because it's so hard to know when you've gone from having the condition before and now post-surgery. I mean, sort of for me, what is normal? That was The Trouble with Rick by Kyla Brettel. Kyla just finished a documentary called Into the School of Music about aspiring young musicians trying to get into Australia's best music performance school. To find a link to that story, visit thirdcoastfestival.org. ReSound is a production of Chicago Public Radio and the Third Coast International Audio Festival. I'm Gwen Maxi. The program is produced by Delaney Hall and curated by Johanna Zorn and Julie Shapiro of the Third Coast Festival. You can hear today's program at thirdcoastfestival.org, where you can also hear dozens of outstanding documentaries from around the world and subscribe to our podcasts. Lead support for the Third Coast Festival is provided by the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation, with additional funding from the National Endowment for the Arts, American Airlines, and Chicago's Navy Pier. Music for ReSound is provided by Reckless Records in Chicago. If you want to contact us, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at resound at thirdcoastfestival.org. ReSound returns next week with more radio that you can't hear anywhere else unless you live everywhere else.